When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, you're listening to In the Locker Room, Hour 2, Power Hour on Deck, or the the, the wolfing down your lunchtime of day, um, as we so lovingly call it out here in the Valley, and I figure it's appropriate since we do have a wolf on 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 the headsets um we're talking about defensive depth charts we're talking about the 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 Steelers initial depth chart for the game Sunday September 11th against the Cincinnati Bengals um and just kind of how how we see it I mean I as I look at it um I don't really see anything to really change that I think you know, when I look at this initial depth chart, Wolf, um, you know, is there anything that sticks out of your head? Just going through it, is there anything that jumps out to you at the beginning of, of this at all? couple of things, Max. And, uh, you know, as I look at it, I, I was surprised with Levi Wallace and Akello Witherspoon. Not to put down what Akello did. Akello's had a very good preseason. But you know how things are determined sometimes in the offseason? They sign a guy, they bring in a guy, they're going to play the guy if they paid him enough, right? And I thought, yeah. and, and the fact was Levi Wallace was brought in, and, um, you know, uh, this guy started, I think, every game, just about every game he's played in. He's been a, a starter, and uh, if I recall. And so the fact is I, I kind of assumed that he was in to take over uh, that cornerback spot, and and of course, in in light of today's you know eleven personnel and so forth, you, I mean, he's he's virtually virtually you got a, a starter regardless because of the fact you need so many corners, but you know just the thought, and Akello did well. He I would did had a really good preseason, and I thought Levi had a good preseason. So that one was one that jumped up at me. I thought Devin Bush over Robert Spillane was probably going to happen but it's you know the decision was made and I think you're going to see Spillane out there too as well um and then to see that Malik uh Reed came in they brought him in and obviously that's going to be something that and and uh Jameer Jones so they they were unhappy with basically what they had in the backup and so they brought in some some guys that uh, one that they had before and another guy and so yeah I, I guess there's some upgrades and so forth but it's primarily you know, you look at these guys and, and, and you realize, okay, this is the group that's got to go. And I think it's up to Larry Ogunjobi and Chris Wormley and so forth to fulfill that role that uh, last year or a couple years ago with Stefan it. But they need somebody else up there to be able to hold down the fort like Captain Cam. Well, because <clears throat> the biggest thing that we're, that, that we're working against is 
you know, and I'll pose this question to you, Wolf. Is this a defensive front 11 that can do better than 32nd in the league against the run? There's no doubt in my mind they can do better. There it is. Uh, there, there's there no is. absolutely no doubt in my mind. Again, you look at the front four, the front end of that defense uh, is, is I think, as good as a group as you're going to get because of their ability to rush the passer and get after it. And T.J. Watt is, of course, an exceptional player, as is Captain Cam. Larry Ogunjobi is a guy who I thought is is very capable of putting in some some good, good, high-quality work. And I think Alex Highsmith is, a, is a, a star waiting to happen. I think this kid's got star in him. And it's and it's could come come along very mo, very well this year. Uh, it's the background, the backers. I think that's where the, you need more run stopping power there. Uh, and certainly the fact that when you, what worries me is getting Minka too involved in things where, you know, he's tackling so much. And you know everybody's talked about this, but you know you don't want to use up all his good. You know, uh, deep is uh, deep karma there in, in uh, snagging interceptions and fumbles and making big plays up in, you know, stopping the run for a two yard gain from he's coming, uh, you know, 15 yards deep in the, in the secondary. Well, and I think that <clears throat> that's the key you look at. Is this front seven going to allow Minka to be Minka? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, the, that's the first question you ask yourself when you look at it lined up. Miles Jack, Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Tyson Alawalu, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward. When I look at it, I say, yes, that sounds like a group that will allow Minka to be a stalker in the back, in the back end and allows them to be the free roamers. Miles Jack and Devin Bush are, need, to, need to be headhunters, right? Yeah, right. They, they, they need to go out and they need to collect pelts. Yep. You know, and the first one up is a Joe Mixon pelt. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. they have to go out and they, and they they've, they've got to attack him full force. And I think when I look at it, uh, I, I I'm okay with Levi Wallace being behind Cam Sutton on the initial depth chart. I think when we do get into a true 11 personnel type of situation, I would I would not be surprised if you slide Cam to the nickel, even though we have Arthur Millette listed there, and mm-hmm. you bring in a Kello because I think that's a more formidable trio of, of cornerbacks um, to have in there. You know, nothing against Arthur Millette. I thought Arthur Millette, you know, proved himself to be invaluable at that nickel position. But I think there are going to be situations where if you, like we're going into, where you have three really, really good receivers in T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, I like those three better. And I think Arthur Millette's one where you have a duo and then that third guy's kind of a, kind of a wild card you don't know what to expect i think arthur millette comes in and gives you a feel for it right but if it's a proven three i think i think still there's flexibility within this roster and with it within that position group that you're going to see a little bit change i mean i think this is just great for paper but practical application says differently and it also i thought another thing they did not list demarvin leal as a third teamer they double stacked it with Isaiah Loudermilk. I thought that was interesting to me. True. Uh, behind Cam Hayward. Because you look at the other position. In fact, there's only one third teamer on here. That's Marcus Allen. Right. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's funny. You go on offense and, you, and you, got, you got three of them up here. And then you go down here. You're like, oh, okay. So there's only one third teamer. Then you realize you double jammed 2A and 2B, Isaiah Loudermilk and Marvin Leal. Um, 
in there um, to, I guess, signify, yes, we are going to dress both of them. <laughs> right. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Um, but I also, I look at the depth, the, sec- the second stringers. I thought, like you said, seeing Malik Reed, seeing Jameer Jones behind the outside backers, two guys that, you know, yes, we do know a little bit about one, but still relatively unknown to us as far as skill set. When it, but I mean, we know the resume of Malik Reed, but we didn't get to see these guys in camp, right? We didn't get to go up close. We didn't get to watch it. We didn't see how they move within this defense. So that's going to be two question marks. Um, you know, Mark Robinson, I thought solid choice, and like I said, will we see him in the games? Will he? Will it be a four man rotation on game day, or will it be a three man rotation? Is going to be interesting. And then of course, I do like the fact. You know, the question I posed to you, Wolf, three safety look. Yeah. Trey Norwood or Miles Killebrew. That's going to be an interesting one to see which one goes in for that that look. That is going to be interesting because that was that was a personnel grouping that was starting to gain some traction, I thought, in the preseason. I mean, you take a look at him. I know that Miles Killebrew they'll use with multiple tight end formations. Um, and I, I guess Trey Norwood would be less than multiple tight end formations, right, if they go with the three yeah. safety. That's the way I kind of look at it. Um, so I, you know, I don't know specifically how this all could happen, but I know they're going to move ahead with that grouping because they felt they really had something going there that was going to benefit them in the long run. So again, Miles Killebrew has always intrigued me because he's a big bodied guy who looks like a a linebacker that uh, hasn't had enough meat. You know what I mean? Hasn't enough protein power. He's he's lean and mean and does a great job on the special teams. And we we know that uh, he he can block punts and so forth. And the the matter of fact is this guy is is a hitter, uh, a guy that's got uh, quality speed and being able to carry out his assignments along with a guy like Arthur Mollette and so forth, a real NFL dude, to quote Mike Tomlin. Um, So I I think that it's going to be one of those run-heavy, pass-heavy type situations, or is it the multiple tight end or less than multiple tight end formations? Yeah, and and I think another thing, I I think kind of, you know, looking at Cincinnati just from our our how many miles away view uh, of Cincinnati, I can't even think about it. It's a state (laughs) away. Um, That's the distance. But, you know, looking at them, you know, their ability to run and pass out of 11 is going to be very important. I mean, yes, this this, this initial depth chart looks good, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's wh- how are we going to line up in sub, right? Yeah. Essentially a sub personnel. Right. So That's why I was talking know, about Ogan Joby and didn't mention Tyson Alu-Alu, which I should have because yeah. he's such a big player in the 3-4. Yeah, he is a big player. But Tyson's also a guy who can give you four down reps. Absolutely. Right? He, no doubt. He, he, he can play that, that, that defensive tackle off nose or center position type of guy as well because he does have a very good pass rush game. So it's how do you line up that, that nickel personnel in this situation is, gonna, is also going to be key. Which one of the down linemen do you take out? Which, you know, how do you line up? You know, obviously TJ and Alex will man the edges, and Cam is one of those one of those four in on, on the actual line of scrimmage. And then you know it's Devin and Miles. Um, and then how do you you know just like I said, do you bring in Cam for these type of situations because you know it's Tyler Boyd that's the third receiver, or do or do you stay with Arthur Millette and then keep Levi Wallace on the sidelines? Like those are some questions 
that are going to be constantly fluid as we start to break this down and start to get ready for the season opener. Um, and, and this revamped offensive line. I think that's another thing is they've upgraded a lot of positions on that offensive line in Cincy. And I think it's relatively unknown on film. Um, you know, when you look at Karras, Kappa, and Collins coming in to man those new positions, um, you know, I, I look at it and I say, okay, this is going to be a good challenge, a good feel out. And I'm glad that, you know, I like where we're at as a team, you know, and they put the line at six and a half points. Um, I don't think it's going to be that 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 far away. I think this I think this does become a closer game because I think we can we can affect them. We have explosiveness in this offense, uh, but it's going to be the defense de- determination on whether you could slow down a Joe Mixon, whether whether you can slow them and force them into passing situations to where you can allow that pass rush to start to pepper Joe, Joe Burrow and start to question how good this line is. That's the biggest thing. The line has not been tested because they haven't played largely in the preseason, whereas our line has. Um, you know, how do they respond to adversity? How do they pass off stunts and twists, especially when you're looking at uh, NFL dudes, right? Right. These aren't just the regular Jimmys and Joes. These are super G- – these, these are GI Joes, you know. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're built for battle. And and I want to see how that how that looks. And I'm excited about the depth, right? The depth of this team is something that a year ago you looked at the defensive line and even at the linebacker position, it, it was it was it was nerve wracking week to week, right? Especially early in the season, um, you don't have Stephon to it; he's unavailable. You you lose Tyson Alualo the second game in the first quarter. Um, you know T.J. Watt gets dinged up in game two. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's a lot more Mel Ingram. And obviously we know what happened with that, with Mel Ingram being disgruntled and mm-hmm. then having to, you know, to try and scamper around to find somebody. We land on a Derek Tuska, right, who who ended up being a very solid player for us. So there, there's there's the all these different, you know, amalgamations that we had last year. Oh, another and big year, word. Feel, Hoopy's you know, gonna, I'm, I'm, I know Hoopy's in there going, yeah. go, Max, go. I know. I'm just. I'm bringing them out today. I mean, listen. After hearing about free solo, the only way I hang upside down is in a dictionary, right? Um. So, so I, I really like where we're at, death. Well, it, it's it's more comforting, um, I think, than a year ago, and it's going to be exciting to see how how they deploy them because I also want to see those situations, right? Because Isaiah Loudermilk has grown up a lot, you know. Yes. Samson with with the long flowing mane, right? Yes. I mean, you know, he has he has gotten stronger. DeMarvin Leal, I think, has some capabilities to give you some situational moments and him continuing to grow, kind of like Isaiah did a year ago. Like, there's going to be opportunities for him to get in the game, to give guys a break, and to show people what, what, he, can, what he can do. Um, but, yeah, but I, I will say this. Who are you most excited to see come Sunday on this defensive depth chart? Who are you most excited to see when they get an opportunity to play live. Oh, I'm I, I am I'm a big fan of Alex Highsmith. All right. I think the fact that it's gonna be his first time out, you know, he's gonna he's got the the, the, the ribification is all over. Okay. He's he's got the, the ribs healed up. He's gonna be out there. I look forward to seeing the young Highsmith go at it. Uh, you know, and also Miles Jack. But I guess one of the guys that we don't want to overlook because I really thought he came into his own a lot last year was was our, our man Chris Wormley. I mean, you talk about seven sacks 
Seven sacks, that's pretty good stuff on the inside when you're a defensive tackle. Um, that's, a, that's a difficult number to get. Uh, and, and that, again, to me, leads to you know, a building up and a, and a process of uh, the whole group getting stronger. So I hope to see some real results there, and we'll, we shall see. Yeah, no, I'm glad. And once again, Wolf, uh, I know math's not your strong suit, so yeah. when I asked for one, you gave me three. I exactly. appreciate that. There you uh, go, because I flunked math twice. <laughs> but I'll tell you, next up, we're going to keep breaking it down with Max and I on the defensive depth chart, and we're going to be right here doing it on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So yesterday, I was sitting in the studio down there in the the Steelers at the South Side place, right? So I'm sitting in the chair, hanging out a little bit before I, I do this interview with Franco, and all of a sudden, in comes another Harris, Najee Harris. Najee comes in and hugs out with Franco, and I thought, you know, that is such a cool thing to see a young guy like that, the young buck that Najee Harris is, and the greatness that is inherent in Franco. And it's kind of like a coming together and a little, uh, I don't know, Harris on Harris loves fest. You know what I mean? To see that. I love when you see the young guys pay homage to some of the greats, the legends, and pay that respect because it's well-deserved and well-earned, and it should be as is. And I thought that showed a great deal of the high-quality individual that Najee is, as well as, of course, the guy that uh, serves maybe as a mentor to him in some ways, uh, the great Franco Harris. No, absolutely. Anytime you have these opportunities and, you know, I I, I mean, I equate it to the time when, you know, and it was a different position, but, I mean, Dwight White. Yes. um, Just a tremendous man that he was and that was my number's sake you know and, and and to be able to share in that legacy and that lineage with him um was a special was a special moment for me but like you said meeting guys like you and Tun- and and Tunch like like seeing other linemen that are have been successful did it at a high level and are part of the Steelers family was tremendous the first time I met John Cole mm. uh and just it, it, it's it's almost like you know, family in a village, right? The yep. ancestors or the elders <laughs> passing on their stories and the oral traditions to the next generation so that they can move forward, so that they can understand where 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 the team has come from and where it needs to go and taking those building blocks. And it, it's a it's a very cool thing. I mean, it's a very you – know, I, I, I say it when you have great alumni, it, it's a very tribal feeling. It um, is. Uh, of a family and, and you get the essence of those individuals because who would have known that back in 2004 when I first met you would touch a, up at training camp <laughs> yeah. that I would now be sharing a show with you um, you know that, that we would have these life experiences right. along the way then to be able to talk about it yeah. and and it's just it, it's it's, it's a great sense of pride. It's a very humbling experience, yeah. exactly, and almost and and surreal um, at the same time because you know you value it. I mean, like I said, I knew Tunch before 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 Tunch knew me, yeah. and because I because <laughs> I had Tunch's punches, yes. I had the VHS. <laughs> 
And my and my freshman year of college was when I first learned of Tunch Kid and learned about Tunch's punches and used to watch that tape religiously because my old line coach said, watch it. Yes. And then who would have known that then I would then actually meet said person on video <laughs> in life and develop a friendship over time with said person. It's just, you know, it, it, life is funny in that way where yeah. it just it gives you these opportunities, these glimpses into your future um, that you don't realize are there until you go back and look. And it's an amazing, you know, path and journey that life is. But it's just it gives you those nuggets along the way. Like I said, you know, who would have known that an interaction, a talk, or seeing you on the sidelines when it's cold outside, Wolf, <laughs> and you sneak on the bench to get some heat yeah. on the heater. You know what I'm saying? Like like these little moments. Yeah, we've had many a conversation. Yes. And it's just it's tremendous to look back on that. And so to see Najee and Franco share that moment, yeah. that's special. You know, to have those legends. And, you know, people say beware of meeting your role models, right, because mm-hmm. you'll be disappointed. I have to say, in my experience, I have not had that. It's <laughs> obviously focusing on the yes. wrong role models. But the right ones make your life so much more fulfilling. They justify your thoughts and your actions. And that's just a, one singular example. We've had our examples. And I have to say, it it, it does give fulfillment. It does does give you a sense of, okay, I'm on the right path, right? It's a lamp upon your feet um, as you walk down this path. And so it, it, it's, it's that, that's a cool moment to have an insight and see. All right. That's excellent. Well put, young man. Well put. Now, yep. I, we, last, last segment, you asked me who I was excited to see. Well, I'm going to ask you, who are you excited to see? And you may give me three. We're doing a little Dr. Zeus yeah. here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You ask if it's free, it's for me, and I'll take three. Absolutely. That's the way it was uh, in the old days. <laughs> yes, it was, yes. Um, you know, I'm excited to see Malik Reed. I think that's one of the first guys I'm going to put at, just because there is a little bit of expectation set on him because he does have 15 sacks under his belt, just like we talked about Chris Wormley last season, right. stepping up into duty in a position that when he signed on, I'm sure he did not think, okay, I'm coming here to start. I'm here to support and you turn into a starter and you give that type of production, I'm excited to see Malik Reed in that opportunity. Can he be a difference maker and can he add production to an already dominant sacking force? Because that makes you even more formidable. Uh, the second person I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see Isaiah Loudermilk. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm excited to see him in, in grown-up varsity action in year two um, because I think he's, he's primed and ready to to be a difference maker to where there's no drop off from first to second team line that comes in there in the game I think he can be a difference maker and he showed us that glimpses in the preseason um, and then number three number three I, I I'm gonna piggyback off of you Miles Jack I can't wait to see some jacked yeah. up moments I think this this dude is special and when we talk about the linebacker position the history of the Steelers those inside backers have been ferocious. They've, they've been game changers. They've been the guys that you look at. And I was blessed and fortunate. I got to play with one. Just went to the Hall of Honor last year and James Ferrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that I played against in college and was happy to call him teammate in the pros, Larry Foote. Um, oh, yeah. So when you think about just those on the most recent, and then, of course, Ryan Shazier's, right? The, you, you think about there's always a healthy history. And we can go all the way back to Jack Ham and Jack Lambert um, and what that has meant 
And then, of course, Kevin Green's being the emergent outside backers. Linebacker has been a strength of this team and a calling card for this team. So I'm excited to see it look strong. Um, and I think Miles Jack is going to be one of those catalysts this year. I would agree with you. That's, that's well put together. You know, it just occurred to me, you know, it's almost like you want to say, hey, Devin Bush, watch some Larry Foote film. I mean, you brought up Larry Foote, and I, I forgot what an instinctive dude he was. You know, he was he was one of those downhill thumpers, one of those guys that, that just came and, and we'd, he'd catch you running sideways if you run the outside zone. He was one of those guys that would hug the, the you know, uh, skinny off the defensive tackle, the three technique, at the last till the last second be able to come off and make the tackle. I mean, what Larry Foote used to do is something I think could really help Devin Bush. I mean, because they're very similar body frame types, very, very similar in their physical attributes. Larry was one of those explosive guys that very he could do a lot of stuff in a short period of time, you know, a lot of force in, in, in just very, very few steps. He could bring a lot of bang for the buck. Uh, and I think Devin Bush is capable of the same thing. It seems to me that it would be a good thing for him to kind of watch a little film like that. No, absolutely. I, th- I think, you know, you watch Larry Foot film, that, that gives you – that's the perfect, I would say, compliment to the Mike Backer. When you're mm-hmm. playing the jack position, um, you are the support Mike. You are the other Mike, so to speak. And I think one of the other biggest things is is that you have to also know your support guys. Know who your support is given within the, the, the a, a scheme or a play from play to play to understand how you can play things right. and you can force things to where your support is. If I'm going to miss... I'd rather miss in the direction of forcing flow to another dependable sure. guy or my wingman, so to speak. You know, we talk about an offensive line all the time, but defensively, yep. the same thing applies. That support safety, if he's playing inside or outside, that determines which way I can go, where my aggression level can be. Just like a contained rush on an outside backer, you know, is, is, is my D tackle also looping into that gap? That, that, I, that I'm going to be going opposite of? Am I covered? Or if I do knife inside, do I have the nickel playing run support on the edge if I miss my tackle? Those are the relationship things. And when you watch Larry Foote, Larry was excellent at that. He was excellent completely doing that. And I think that would benefit him. And I wonder if you can go dig in there. Go, go ask Andy Lazanich. <laughs> go ask Mr. Liz- Andy, I need foot film. Give me the footy film. The cockroach stomp himself. That's what we used to call his little foot stomp. We used to call it the uh, the cockroach stomp. Cockroach um, stomp. Uh, but no, but I, I mean, I love Footy, and like I said, yeah. I mean, he's now co-defensive coordinator down there in Tampa. Well deserved honor. He was such an intelligent player. Yes, going to make a great. You know, he's a tremendous coach. But um, but yeah, that would that would actually be a really good one. I wonder if that has been discussed at any point. I wonder. You know what? It certainly would be worthwhile. I think. You know, and it highlights in my mind, what we don't talk about enough, but what's so very important is the communication aspect of the defense and how important that is. You know, it's important along the offensive line. It's important for the quarterback, that sort of thing. But defensively speaking, when you talk about the variable, number one, the personnel groupings, the down and distance, then the calls and checks based on motion, all those things, you know, that's a lot of stuff to absorb. And for young guys – um, that's even harder, I would think, to be able to absorb all that in a, in a short period of time. And you, you know how it is. 
you can't play fast until you you can breathe the play. What I refer to as breathing the play. You know, you know the play so very well, you don't even have to think about it. It's just downloaded into your CNS, your central nervous system, right? You just you just do it because you you become the play. You don't have to think about the aspects of what you're doing because you've done it enough and and have you know uh, made sure to go through all the mental exercises the mental gymnastics, as we used to call them, to be able to understand all the intricacies and nuances of the play and all the possible outcomes of the play. And and so for for the young guys, being able to play fast means that you got to know the play and you've got to be able to communicate and talk. You can't sit there and not respond when calls are made. Everybody's got to be checking with each other and stay on the same page. No, absolutely. And it is a big difference maker when guy, when you do get those guys on the same page, when you do see it work, because there's there's a viable payoff, so to speak, you know that that you're that you're experienced, and it, but that takes comfort, that takes trust, and I think guys have to be open to getting that trust and receiving that trust because you know th- there's a little bit of uh, of doubt that could creep in your mind, especially for Devin Bush with um with coming off that injury, right? And we talked about it a year ago, and we documented it, you know, and we could see it. But now you kind of saw – I think that Detroit game was kind of the loosing of the chains, so to speak, experience, because we saw old Devin Bush, right? Mm-hmm. When it, I mean, he went and fired in the A-gap and threw that shoulder into, uh, into Justin Jackson to prevent him from getting that short yardage run. And he was like, that's vintage Devin Bush there right there. That's something I wouldn't have seen a year ago. And it's like, okay, I got a glimpse. He's now starting to feel the confidence. He's starting to get that – Eye of the Tiger, dare I say it. Yes. We're in Western PA. I'm making an Eastern <laughs> PA reference. But, you know, that's something that, that's so tangible as an athlete. you got to have that. you got to have that fearlessness, right? You've got to have that um, that moment. You know, I, I remember the movie. You remember the movie 300? Yes. Yeah. The, the Thermopylae? Remember when Lee, the Spartans were there? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And remember... When it was talking about the, 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 the story of Leonidas, like the vivid imagery, like every young Spartan boy has to go out. You have to go back and get this this wolf hide. Yes. Um, and it's, it's you and a spear, no clothing, Oof. you know, essentially. And you're up against uh, up against this indomitable apex predator. Yes. Like you have to have that same look in your eye. You have to become the predator in those moments. And I think you're starting to see Devin Bush start to – Get that back a little bit. I like it. You know, and we need him. Yeah, The Steelers need him to be who he was and who he still is. Uh, he's got to let it go. You know what I mean? You just got to, at, at some point in time, you've got to say, okay, my body can, th- this knee can back up anything my mind wants it to do. And I think you're right. I think he's starting to build that confidence and starting to rely on those instinctive things that made him such a high draft pick. And hopefully he can return to form. That's what I want to see. Now you, you and me both, brother. I, I'm. I, I think it's. I think it's well, well time for him to become that individual because I think what he presents when healthy is a game changing X factor for our team, and it's something that I, I'm just. I'm waiting for it to to to, un, to unleash itself, and I think we're going to get that. I think that we're going to get that sooner rather than later. Beauty beautiful all right wolf well hey we're gonna keep uh going down this road for did, did our I, last did segment I cross you up there no you didn't no it was just 
It was it, it, it was it was it was a dramatic pause. It was a dramatic pause. Um, but when we come back, we'll wrap we'll wrap up the defensive depth chart. We'll also touch on returners and the specialists um, on this depth chart as we round out the end of it. Obviously, it is Cincinnati week here in the Berg, getting ready to go not eat Skyline Chili. Uh, but when we come back, we'll go back with that. You're in the locker room with. Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, final segment here, Wolf. In the locker room yeah. for today, and we're just going to finish up tidying up the defensive depth chart. We we talked a lot about the linebackers. We talked a lot about the interior line and the rotations and the growth and the depth there. Um, you know, I, but I want to focus in now on safeties, safeties, and you know the latter part of DB. I mean, Minka and Terrell. Um, are, are are your guys at the wings? Obviously, mm. going into off season, you know it was questionable whether Terrell was going to come back or not, whether we were going to be able to get him. Tested the toes in free agency, and obviously, it was compelling enough to for him to want to come back to the team. And you know, it, it, there's something to be said when you have that duo on the back end, and when you have a player that's exceptional like Minka. The wingman has to be just as important, Wolf. You right. know, you've got you know every Batman needs a Robin. Well, didn't we have Ryan and, Clark to pair up with the great Troy Palomalo, right? You know what? So glad you mentioned that, Wolf. <laughs> Teed up and hit, and you knocked it out of the park. Yes, I think you know that you don't understand the value of a Chris Hope or a Ryan Clark. Um, until you have a guy like a Troy Palomalu and what that means. Those guys don't get necessarily, you know, the most attention. It's not mm. the sexiest of picks mm-hmm. when you're thinking about it, but what they provide is invaluable. Just like we talked about in the previous segment, Larry Foote to James Ferrier and what they did together as a tandem. That tandem on the back end is just as important. You know, I don't know if, Troy Palomalu reaches his full potential if you don't have a guy like Ryan Clark back there right. to kind of manage and, and run traffic cop, right, a, a, on the backside because there has to be an intrinsic understanding, a nonverbal communication between those two for them to be able to be who they are. Like, if Ryan doesn't know that Troy is going to literally drop from a too-high look in cover two, right, and all of a sudden make it cover three or cover one because he got a sense of something. Yeah. And he's on the line of scrimmage. You know, like like most people, when we talk about free solo earlier, right? Right. Talk about climbing on the sheer face of a yeah, rock and have a swooping bird come at that's you. That's Troy. Yeah, that's Troy is a swooping bird. You know, <laughs> and the, pro- the, the problem is, is that Ryan Clark is – is left to defend three different nests by himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> As Troy goes and is is swooping down at rock climbers, right? 
And, and, and I think that's what we kind of take for granted in Terrell Edmonds. Like, oh, he doesn't have the stats. Oh, he doesn't have the interceptions, the tackles. That's not his primary function. His primary function, I feel, within the construct of this defense is to be the support guy. I play off of my partner. Like, like I don't know if you've ever played uh, Spades before, Wolf. Mm, um, I'm not a big card maybe, player. Okay, not a big card player. Or, like, Euchre or anything like that. Um, I know Bob so Euchre. Spades, I mean, I know of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, he's great. Especially yeah. in the Adam Sandler movie, right? Um, no. <laughs> I must be in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what, make, what makes, you know... Space, you got to understand what your partner's thinking, and you got to be able to play off of your partner. And so, you know, you'll give you'll give how many books you can win, like rounds you can win within a given game. So you say, ah, I got about two and a possible. You know, your partner might say, Oh, I got three. All right, so should we go five or should we go six? Like, ah, well, let's go six. But you got to play it out because it's a possible. And I think that's kind of how you know Terrell and Minka play mm-hmm. as a duo. I'm thinking something. All right, well, I'm gonna play off of whatever you do, right? And you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna cut my buddy off. Like, I'm not gonna trump what he's trying to do. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna throw off my cards um, if he has something, and and I'm gonna make sure I'm there in a support role. Or if he gets beat, I now have to come with something even bigger to make sure we secure that book. So that that's kind of how I look at it. They're 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 a duo of, of card players. And Terrell works well off of Minkin. I think that's what's special about it is that you have that relationship. And that's something that experience and time only creates. And getting to know each other, hanging out with each other, understanding each other, how we think to where you have that nonverbal communication. And that's huge on all the teams, especially when you're talking about tandems or even, or even a, what is that, quintuplet, which is our five-man offensive line. We have to know each other. And that's one of the things where you see the teamwork uh, in the team construct. You must have that to be successful. Because, listen, if Minka goes barreling towards the line of scrimmage and Terrell doesn't know and Terrell's still sitting on his half of the field not right. realizing that's, he has the whole deep third by himself, yep. that's a problem. Yes. And I think, you know, when you have different groups running in and out of there, you kind of lose that a little bit. So I'm happy to see Terrell's back working with Minka because I think they have, they, they, they have good communication and good – uh espn uh together <laughs> i like that espn stuff no doubt about it yeah well, certainly good. you know it's like you said it's so important for those guys to work in tandem in conjunction and be able to communicate and a lot of that communication is just in knowing the person's mindset which i still don't understand how ryan clark could understand what exactly uh troy was thinking you know what i mean because troy was just so insightful and you know uh how do i put it um so he had that samurai sixth sense you know what it i mean in, it was instinctiveness yeah I it's mean, very it, instinctive essentially yeah. what it was it was and then but at the same time rc or chris hope either of those guys had to be equally in tune with the long-haired flying hawaiian human crash test dummy that was troy palomalo you know no absolutely and listen and troy troy definitely pushed the limits of uh of the human body and what it could yeah. it could really conceptualize i mean you know jumping over a pile you know what i don't need to, i don't need to go around it i just need to go through it what <laughs> what is that troy what did you just say to me you went through the pile yeah i did it's <laughs> amazing. Know, so, yeah 
You know, it's it's amazing what Troy would accomplish. I love the fact that I remember, again, uh, the Bengals, when he was playing over the slot, uh, and then all of a sudden he he comes down and then he starts trotting behind the line of scrimmage as he goes by Joey Porter. He goes by uh, Larry Foote. He goes by Potsy, right? And he he ends up lining on the opposite side outside of – no, I'm sorry, outside of Clark uh, of uh, Joey Porter because he went by Clark Higgins. So he's going – you know, and, and you watch this and you can see the quarterback actually stumbling and stammering trying to figure out what Troy is going to do at the snap of the ball – Troy sprints straight back 25 yards and gets into the middle third of a of cover three. You know, I mean, how do you yeah. figure that? How can you possibly figure that? And also, the guy that he was doing that to was his old was his old roommate in college. Good point. Yes, yes. that that makes it even more like like funny when you think about it. You're like, dude, he is messing with Carson. And this is a guy that he sh- he shared a room with in college. I was like, man, that is that is just cold blooded. <laughs> yes, yes. But that was yeah. the, the great part about Troy. He was an equal opportunity uh, destroyer. You know, I mean, of of the other teams. I mean, he was just one of those guys. And the the nicest of guys. But st- still, it comes down to what we're talking about: that communication. And Max, we got about twenty seconds left, so I will say this. Our communication's getting better. We're starting to get better at knowing who's bringing in what and going out with what. Are you, am I right? Yes, you are, Wolf. We are we are becoming a a a a, a nice tandem on the back end, so to speak. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. We will be back tomorrow, and appreciate you so much. Stay, keep it right here on SNR.